You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm excited today because I have a affiliate marketing legend, a champion at developing world leaders. His name is Anthony Powell, and he was uh, mentored by somebody truly amazing, Jim Rohn, back in the day. So we're going to go into that. I'm really excited about that. I was also mentored by Mark Hughes, who was the founder of Herbalife, which is a multi-billion dollar company. And uh, he was leaving his day job around the age of uh, 19 to take on the world. And he was able to actually retire at the age of 26 years old, which is crazy. That's seven years to really run it and really uh, you know, make every day count. Anthony's career has taken him around the world, speaking in front of thousands of people, so, Anthony, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Hey, Joel, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to uh, to be asked. Yeah, no, dude, I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, you know, we were talking just before this, and you have a plethora of content and knowledge, and uh, I'm excited to get into this with you, man. I am too. You know, I love to give back what my mentors gave me. And it's my mission. It's what I do for a living now is teach people what my mentors gave me. Financial freedom, but more importantly, mental freedom to be able to create it, you know? Yes, I believe that too, man. So let's kick it off with the question of what fascinates you. What fascinates me is I believe that everyone deserves the right for for time freedom. So when I first got going in business, my first, you know, like all of us, we are told to go to university and go find a good job and marry the company and grow in the, grow in the corporation. And I was in a, uh, what's called a vice president program in a pharmaceutical company. And within the first six months, I witnessed my senior executive vice president, you know, lose his job after much sacrifice. And uh, that devastated me because here I was going to spend 10 years to be part of the program. And after 35, 36 years, the guy got laid off because they wanted to hire someone cheaper. So that got me in pursuit that if it's got to be, it's up to me. I just didn't know where to go, what to do, how to do it. Didn't have a lot of money, but had a massive desire to figure out what that looked like to change. And that's when... You know, I went down to a major meeting and saw something incredible and got involved and just took what I learned in sports, which is discipline and follow through and applied it to business. And then I had the good fortune of, as you're going to talk about in a second, uh, working with Jim Rohn directly and indirectly and Larry Thompson directly and indirectly and Mark Hughes directly and indirectly and just being able to be part of a multi-billion dollar run allowed me to go from a boy to a man and and create myself into a, a dynamic leader but then what my burn is is to teach people to, 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 do, to do the exact same thing it's a huge huge why to be a people servant and then also to do it with the people that deserve it not need it you know yeah, that's right. Find a why that makes you cry. All right, that's, that's right. what I say, and I, and I feel like you have, and and you followed it through. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. So Thank let's you. get into Jim Rohn, man. What did you learn from the legend Jim Rohn? 
Jim was amazing, and so many of us had different relationships with him, and I was fortunate that the company I was in at the time, he spoke with, he traveled, he, you know, we, he opened up countries, and more importantly, um, as what you stand for and why I love being part of what uh, this website and the podcast, you know, we all follow you, and it comes back to your personal development, you know, aligning your constitution of who you are and aligning that with where you want to go. And Jim was really big on that. He talked about his own personal journey. See, there's a lot of people out there that can tell you all the stuff to get motivated. <clears throat> but what, what Jim Rohn was, was a philosopher because he was just like us. He was broke. The Girl Scouts, I don't know if you heard the story, came to his door, knocked on the door. And he said, the day that changed my life is when the Girl Scouts knocked on my door and said, would you please buy my cookies? And he said, I didn't even have $2 in my pocket to afford to buy cookies. And when the door closed, that was the day that changed my life. I knew I had to change. And so what he taught us was, was that you, it, his journey of making the millions and that all the different mental things you go through in order to get your first million or hundred thousand or whatever, when you read the books and when he would teach you, it was like, gosh, that's exactly what I'm going through. So therefore it's like giving us permission to continue to move forward because he validated that there was an end, end result. And um, that's what we loved about him. And then he lost his millions and then he made it back bigger than ever. And, you know, when you know someone has been through it, done it, been there, um, you trust because, you know, as an entrepreneur, as you know, it's tough to get off the ground, but then there's a whole bunch of steps you got to go through in order to get to the uh, finish line to have victory, which everyone's victory has a different meaning, but... Um, you know, you had said something earlier. Uh, we all want money in the beginning. We think that's freedom, and it's really not the freedom. The freedom is to give back. So yeah. that was one of the things that Jim really taught about was how to create your journey and enjoy your journey, and then how to get on your journey and not get off your journey. Yeah, beautiful. Anthony, thanks for sharing that with us. What about the other side of Jim? Well, he was... Uh, almost hypnotizing on stage. Like when you watched him and listened to him, even when you listen to the book, the audios right now, it's like, wow. But then, you know, I had the fortune of being on the plane with him or going to his home and speaking with him and just having moments with him. And he's the same, he was the same guy, you know, sitting by the pool or at the hotel lobby or, you know, at his home having a glass of wine that he was on stage. He lived what he said. I love that. I love that. What a perfect example. And, you know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, younger Gen Y uh, yeah. people that are getting into self-development and they don't know who Jim Rohn is. So if you're listening yeah. right now and you don't know who this guy is, he's, a, uh, he's one of the greatest uh, out there. He actually mentored Tony Robbins as well. So get on that. Type in Jim Rohn, J-I-M-R-O-H-N and yeah. uh, check him out. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. he's a godfather for sure. Alrighty, so Anthony, what do you believe is needed to become a great leader? Um, first, you got to be the one that's willing to do it first. Um, mm. We all want to be the boss and we all want to get to the top. But I think the most important thing is, is you have to establish, first off, what your why is. Uh, why do you, what's going to make you get up out of bed uh, no matter what, whether it's cold, hot, you're sick an issue, whatever the deal is, what is your why, your burning desire that's going to make it happen for you no matter what? That's number one. Because if you have that established, there's no excuse. 
Um, number two, you've got to be willing to be first in line and last to leave. Um, you got to lead by example, or said differently, you got to lead from the front, not from the back. Back means go do this, and then I'll do it. You got to be the one that gets all the trophies in the beginning, goes through all the hardship, which gives you this true skill set. And and I think that's the biggest thing is you've got to be the one that develops the real skill set, not the theory. I love that, man, because you're you're saying it's about the skills, not so much about the authority. I feel like a lot of people are doing this because they want authority and credit and then they have power yeah. over others. And it's really about working on you and developing your skill set. Totally, yeah. You know, one of the things I don't like is having employees, even though I wouldn't be here with a lot of my without a lot of my employees. It's just not you don't want to be an employer. You want to be able to be an example. And by being an example, that's the best thing you can do because then people really look up to you for your story, not by you dictating to them. Um, there's nothing like it. You know, there's a, um, you know, whether you, it's the old theory, would you rather give fish or would you rather teach somebody how to fish? The greatest reward you could possibly have in life is to teach people how to fish. There's nothing like it. And the only way you can teach people how to fish is if you know how to fish, right? Mm, that's true. That's very true. Now, you've been in the network marketing space for more than a decade now. What yep. would you say is your number one piece of advice for network marketers that are just starting out? Yeah, I've been in for 23 years now. Started at the age of 19. As you heard earlier, I uh, was able to you know, earn enough uh, millions of dollars by the age of 26 where I was able to financially retire. And of course, I just continued to raise the bar. But you know, and network marketing really isn't any different than any other business. I think what happens in network marketing is, is people think you're going to sign one person up and get rich. And, you know, if that does happen to you, God bless you. But you don't want that to happen to you. So the first thing you need to do is you need to have a passion for the product that you represent. Because the product is the star of the show. Marketing tools and all the things that come with it are great and you need to have tools. But... If you don't have the best product that money can buy, then you don't you can't align your passion with it. Then you're just going to be one of those people that hops on to the next deal, the next deal, the next deal. And when you get behind a product, then you know the Mark Hughes used to always tell us, if you could no longer buy this product, would you still take it or would you still use it? That's how you know if this is the thing you need to represent or not. <clears throat> Second thing is. It's, you need to understand what it is that you're after. What is your goals financially that you want? What's your first 30-day goal, 30 goal uh, 60, 90, one year, five year, 10 year, et cetera? And when you, when you understand that, then you understand the, the work that needs to go into it. For example, in any business, you have to know how many total presentations you need to do in order to get one customer. Jim Rohn says it's called a ratio. And once you have enough numbers, then a ratio will appear. And I think most network marketers don't understand that they get in this, they love the concept of passive residual income, but then they don't do the, they don't understand that it is a business and you need to do the numbers. So once I learned the numbers, which for me was to personally sign up 10 new affiliates a month and get 10 new customers a month, then that's when I had enough numbers going to where I could get, 
you know, three people I wish I would have never met, three people that were on and off, and then three people that were leaders. And then once I did that over, you know, 24, 36 months, my business blew up and became a multi-million dollar producer because I had true historical numbers to back up what what was happening. And then once I once I did that, then I could teach people, okay, hey, if you want to make 3000 a month, this is the work you got to do. If you want to make 5, 10, 15, 20, 100,000 a month, here's the work you got to do. And once people understand the real work, then they can make the decision if that's really what they want to do or not. So I think you have to know your numbers, but then you have to also execute what you're told. And it's okay if you want to make 50 or 500 bucks a month, but don't say you want to make 5000 when you bring $50 a month work habits to the table, you know? <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I think setting expectations, right? Because I think yeah. a lot of people uh, set themselves up for failure. As soon, when they get a number of no's, they just feel like a failure and it really can affect your beliefs. So it's yeah. going in with a bulletproof uh, belief and mindset that, you know, I'm going to go through a bit of a battle here until I get this right. But uh, it, there's something with, you know, earning more <laughs> of an income, growing your team, feeling like you have more and more of a responsibility that you become a better network marketer, right? Oh, no question. You know, the first five presentations, you're sweating, you're freaked out, you don't want to pick the phone up, you're scared to death. And then from five to 10, you stop sweating. <laughs> and then from 10 to 20, you get ownership. And then from 20 on, you start crushing it. But you got if, if it takes you one week to get 20 presentations, then you start rocking. But if it takes you three, four months to get 20 presentations, then you think it's not working. And it really is working. You're just taking longer than what's then you know your your brain starts playing with your head you know I mean your head starts playing with you. Yeah, hang in there, right? Hang in. That's there. it. Yeah, awesome, Anthony. So we did mention before that you have spoken on stage in front of thousands or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah. of people over uh, over the time that you've been in this uh, industry. So yeah. what would you say it takes to become a dynamic speaker? I'm screwing up. Um, I when I. <laughs> When I first started in the industry, you know, first they give you little bitty parts, stand up and tell your story in front of 100 people. Well, when you stand up and tell your story, it's so hard in the beginning because, you know, public speaking is one of the scariest things on earth, I think, even scarier than heights. And so my mentor always taught me, do the uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. So I would always try to stand up and tell my story and then... Then the next step is to take a small section on stage of training people. And then before you know it, your income starts to rise because your, you know, your capacity rises. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're able to do a whole training and now you're starting to make big money and um, it just becomes who you are. You just go through a change and where it's not about being scared anymore. It's about just serving people, being you. You don't need to be, you know, something that you're not or fake or any of that stuff. But the next thing is, is, just be genuine. I mean, people can see through people. And when you're on stage, I look people in the eyes because I want them to realize, look, I feel you. I feel what you want. You, you're giving me the opportunity to deliver something that has happened to me. You know, hey, God bless you. I feel like I can deliver it to you. I hope you take notes because I was once sitting out there broke as a joke and made a decision to change. So you look at everybody, you know, I do anyways, as an opportunity uh, that that's the next one, and it could be anybody. Because you know, one time I was way back in the nosebleed section, and then, mm. you know, became one of the number ones of all time. So, um, it's delivering, and then addressing a crowd, whether it's one person or whether it's thousands. You you talk the same to everybody. Yeah, 
beautiful advice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I have a number of friends that are in network marketing and also have interviewed quite a few network marketing leaders on the Addicted to Success podcast. And nice. one of the discussions, yeah, thanks, man. So one of the discussions is that uh, a lot of uh, people can make quick money too, right? You get some people mm-hmm. that come in and within six months, nine months, a, a year, they're in the you know six figures, multiple six figure range. Uh, even some of them are hitting a million in the first year too. So mm-hmm. a lot of them don't really know what to do with their money. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. know if they should be putting it back into their business. They don't know if they should be spending it on trips and just living it up. Like, what's your advice when it comes to capitalizing uh, your business? Well, I've got two real important things here to tell people about this. This is a major subject that I teach all leaders. I've seen people make big money, and then within one year, they're back working at the mall again. That's crazy. Wow. Um, um, here's what you got to do. Number one, you got to pay your taxes. Uh, you can't be the person that goes, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to pay your taxes. So what you need to do is you need to get a couple, you know, a checking and a savings account uh, put together. And whenever you get paid, put at least 40 to 50% of your money into a savings account and put it aside for your taxes. So you don't have any hidden surprises. And then you, what you want to do is you want to take another 25% all the way of, of that, that other 50 and you want to use that to build your business. Build your business. And sometimes you need to use the entire other 50%. But 25% to build your business. And then the other 25%, you can cut it in those in half. Savings and then also living. And there's one thing I like to tell people. You're only number one once. So when you're no longer number one, you need to be able to live like you're still number one. And if you don't put the money away properly and build up your, you know, your savings, uh, put aside money for taxes, and then live under your means a little bit, then what's going to happen to you is, is you're just going to be a moment of time, an amazing story, and then you're really never going to grow into having real wealth, which you, when everyone comes here to have money working for them. So network marketing really is a vehicle to make part-time or big-time money, but then once you get the money, then you have to learn how to have the money work for you. And this is the beginning stages of of building wealth. You're only number one once. Wow, that's a powerful thought, man. That really is. Some people would feel uh, intimidated by that, but if you really think about it, that should really drive you to make better decisions. It really should. should. I mean... Mm. I've been through a lot of pitfalls, and thank God I, I live by this because, you know, I didn't have to give up my Rolls Royce when times got tough, right? I was able to keep it because my money was working, is paying me when I don't need to pay myself anymore. So I can afford the things that when I was really crushing it, you know, creating my cash, um, I put away. So when I'm not mega producing, it doesn't matter anymore because whether I work or not, I still get paid off my investments. And thank God I created that so you can still live like, you know, the way you want to. Like when you were number one and, you know, who doesn't want to be number one forever? We all do. Mm -hmm. But let's face it, there's always up and comers. But if you can maintain that number one status financially as far as your investments and all that stuff, you're always going to be living like you're number one. You're never going to go down. Yeah, great advice, Anthony. Now, if you had somebody come to you and tell you, I want to change my life and I'm sick of feeling stuck, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them? Like, where would you start with them? 
Well, this is um, this is something that used to make me really, really mad. Uh, that Jim Rohn used to say to me all the time, because I'd have this question, and I was dead broke and living in a one-bedroom apartment, and you know, I had a piece of plywood for my dining room table, and I put a white tablecloth over it because that's where I was when I first started. And I used to ask this question: What do I got to do? I'll do anything, and. Jim Rohn would say, literally to my face, even though he says it in the books, he says, for things to change, you need to change. And for things to get better, you need to get better. And I go, I don't know what that means. That doesn't make any sense. It really irritates me. And he said, listen, here's the bottom line. You need to make a decision to change. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing. You hear Anthony Robbins talks about it. A lot of developers talk about it because we all had to make a decision that enough you know, Anthony Robbins tells this quick story. He said, hey, one day I was coming home. I broke down on the freeway. I had to walk to my apartment. There was an eviction notice on the door. Uh, my lights were turned off. And he said that was the day that I had to get on my knees and cry. And he went from 32000 U.S. dollars to after he had that moment of crying to 12 months later, he was a millionaire. So when you make a decision – that's when your whole life starts to change. And when you make decisions, you do the things we talked about earlier. You get up a little bit earlier. The first thing you do, maybe you go to the gym, get some oxygen to your brain. Second, you do 30 minutes of personal development, start working on the muscle called your brain. Um, because if you do that every day for 20 minutes to 45 minutes, over two years, you have a four equivalent of a four-year degree. So when you do the things that create change, when it all stems back to the decision you had to make, then the excuses don't show up. <clears throat> and you no longer are the procrastinator or you're no longer going to be the excuse giver because you made a decision to change. And when that happens, there's something called disgust and resolve. When those two meet, watch out. Because yes. you're going to become you're going to become mm. something that you never thought you could do. Mm. But there's one thing I can tell everyone that listens to this or you or even me. I tell this to myself every day. We're all just humans. We're all equal. It's just some of us execute things more than others, but we can all have the same thing mm -hmm. if we just stop giving excuses and do it. Yes, yes, I love that. You know, I think a big part of this is really the belief, right? And knowing yeah. that there's potential, knowing that there's a possibility that you can make this happen. And um, I actually run a, a morning motivation course, right? And I have hundreds oh, really? of entrepreneurs in that course there. And when I'm coaching them, I'm, I'm saying, you know, you need to immerse yourself in that vision every day. Like you've just got to keep revisiting it. And, you know, a lot of people say visualize, visualize, which is awesome. That is great. But they don't understand the kind of mechanics behind it. What happens is mm -hmm. when you're just immersing yourself in that every day, you start to actually create so many reference points in your mind that you know this is possible that person did it i can do it too and you're doing it over and over and over and over again it just lights you up but this is the key you got to feel right. it in your body you can't just think it you actually have to feel it and have an emotional experience and mm -hmm. uh, once you have that man that propels you to take massive action then you start to see results and you just keep building your belief and when you've got a belief going over and over again and over and over again you start to build a perspective then when you got that you perspective have that's it. You're good. <laughs> you can hear it in you. You have a desire to help change people, entrepreneurs. Look what you're doing for people. See, that's when you made that. That's why I asked you when I first met you a little while ago on the on the Skype earlier. So, what did you? What made you do this? And I mean, you point blank. I could feel your passion to really want to help 
bring entrepreneurs together so that other people can hear that we all have similar journeys and stories. But now what you're doing is you're you're riding the journey of all of us and yourself. You've got one of the biggest journeys of us all. You're creating the journey for everybody to have. So kudos to you for broadcasting an amazing show and giving people an opportunity. You, you've done an incredible job here. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So you started in network marketing at 19 years old, right? And you yeah, yeah. were able to retire at 26. And I know you didn't retire because you're like me, man. You, I think even if I had multi, multi millions, I had the hundreds of millions. I was a centillion million or whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> I wouldn't retire, man. I would not retire. Yeah. I, I just got too much hunger in me and I'm sure you do too. <laughs> what did you do with your first million dollars and I've got another question that's going to follow after that. I'll ask you after that. It ties in with this. But what would you do with your first million dollars? Well, I did that financial little uh, circle that I did. And I I had, um, you know, cash is, cash is king. Okay. So I made sure that my first goal was to have $1 million cash in my checking account. That was my first goal. And then what I did from there was, as I took 500,000 of that and I bought several little small condominiums with that. So to tell you the answer, I cut them all up at $100,000 each. Uh, so 500,000 at 100,000 so each and I bought you know, condominiums, I put that down and I started to get renters in and I started to have that cash work for me. Then um, I took the other 500,000 and I increased my lifestyle just a little bit. And Jim Rohn talks about this where, and he taught me anyways, is what you don't want to do is go above and beyond where you should be. Everyone loves to show the bling, the watches, the cars, the suits and all that. But yeah, I mean, we all want great stuff. And, you know, I didn't have a Rolls Royce once I got a million dollars where a lot of people would run out and get a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. Yeah, I had a, I had a AMG Mercedes, but... I basically, you know, just took little bits of increases in my lifestyle, primarily invested in things uh, that allowed my money to work for me. And then the next thing I did, <clears throat> this is a big, a key thing, I invested back in my business. Um, and that was one of the things where when you're dealing with people, what I did was is I raised the bar. Hey, if you do this, then I'll invest this into you. If you hit this benchmark, so I would run promotions for my guys, meaning guys, gals in my organization. And what that would do was increase my top line volume and create even more money. So, you know, the hardest thing you'll ever go through in business is making your first million. It's like, it feels like it's the hardest thing ever. But then once you get past your first million, then it gets easier and easier and easier because you now have a capacity and skill set to do it. But man, that first million was tough. But I created more cash with it. Yeah. You, you get to the top of the mountain and you realize there's a, a view from there and then you just don't want to get back down, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't. I mean, there's one thing getting here. It's a whole different level staying. Um, but I think that the real strong point, like if, if, if there's young people listening here, which I know you got a lot of young people, it's not about the bling. It's about how much you can, you can keep because over it, because I mean, freedom is being able to come and go as you please, not having to constantly push the envelope, whether or not you can afford the payments or whether or not, because it doesn't matter what someone thinks about you, they already think it. So mm -hmm. believe in yourself, 
focus on you, create your own portfolio, your own wealth, and then go out and get the big toys down the road. Yeah. You know, I, yep. uh, I just wanted to share something. Actually, I, uh, I'm reading Tony Robbins' Money Master the Game right now because awesome. I really want to understand finances. I want to know mm-hmm. where to invest and so on to make the right decisions, right? And yeah. it's interesting. He actually says that uh, there's this thing with baby boomers right now where their number one fear isn't even death. It's that they will run out of income before they die. Mm-hmm. That's right. Which is huge, man. So it's really about being smart with your money. Not even patient, just smart with your money. Making mm-hmm. those right uh, decisions. Um, I'm going to tie it back into that first question that I asked. But uh, you know, I did ask you, what would you do with your first million? I want to ask you, what is the be all and end all number that you're going for there? Do you have a number? Is it 10 million? Is it 100 million? Is it a billion? What is it? No, my, um, I've already done all the, I've already done, you know, I've done a lot. I made, I've earned quite a bit. And so my next goal here is uh, I'm going to go after a billion um, as far as, you know, earned. Um, and so that's my next goal. In order to do that, it's not the money I'm after. Um, it's the challenge and to have the capacity to do it. Um, and so, you know, I want to do a lot of things with it because it's going to help a lot of people get freedom. I'm going to do a lot of educating with it. Our our country, anyways, the U.S. is needs to be educated how money works, and we're not. We're starting to lose our our freedom in our country from based on the wrong thinking. And um, so I want to educate a lot of education with it. But more importantly, I think it's the opportunity and the capacity to be able to create that, and then leave a legacy not only for myself but for people, um, because people are starting to lose hope. And uh, I want to show people that it can be done from nothing. I had zero, nothing, no handouts. No one gave me anything. I had no credit card. I had nothing, and I made it. So I want to teach people how that can actually happen for them. Yeah, no, I love that. Yep. And that taste of freedom is priceless, isn't it? The day oh. you're able to be free from a nine to five. I mean, I want, I want everyone to feel that that feeling, man. It's it's, it's like breathing it's, fresh air. Like golden air for the first time. It's just an incredible experience <laughs> to fire your boss. It's, <laughs> I actually had a, I actually had a firing my boss party where I actually got brought in some cake and everyone's eating stuff. <laughs> hey, okay, now that you guys are all eating cake and having good time, hey Jack, you're fired. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> it was hilarious. He didn't I take me that. serious, but. Uh, I definitely had a firing my boss party. <laughs> There's probably a little bit of jealousy there too. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was uh, awesome. That's funny, man. That's funny. All right. So you traveled around to many places around the world. How many countries have you been to? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's about 60. Wow. That's a lot. That is a yeah, lot, I've man. Seen, what what a would lot you say is the, is the standout experience in your travels? Is there just one country that just rocked your world or one experience that you had? Uh, traveling, you, you know, um, it's interesting because you know the press paints the picture that certain cultures or certain areas have, you know, different beliefs, different things. And I, what I find is, where every country I go to, everyone just wants to have more time with their family. Everyone just wants more time, freedom. Everyone just wants to be happy, you know. And a lot of the governments are the ones that dictate how everyone's feeling. But then when you peel the onion, it's all the same. So. Um, you know, I really, um, you know, I love the, I went to the Middle East. I thought that was incredible. 
Um, I've been all through Asia and, and even third world countries where I thought I was going to be scared and I wasn't. Um, I've been to countries where I had to have 10 bodyguards at all time because, you know, you're going to get hijacked and that was a little fearful. Uh, but then when you get around all of that and you get behind it, the people are amazing. You know, Brazil and down into parts of Mexico and Central Central America and uh, South Africa and, you know, all through the, you know, in through, through Kenya and all that stuff. You know, it's just. It's just every single part of it is just everyone. When you just get behind the religions and cultures, it's all we're all the same. <laughs> it's really interesting how we think differently, but when you get to meet the people, it's just you know we're all we're all the same. So I liked every part. I really love Hong Kong because there's so many different cultures there. You think it's just Chinese, but every culture is in Hong Kong, and I really fell in love with that town um, because of how many different types of people come through Hong Kong. It's an amazing city. So you got to get out here to Australia. It's really more oh, culture out here too. <laughs> I love it. I just went on a tour through Australia last year, five city tour. So oh. uh, it was great. It was very, very good. I met a lot of great people. And then um, I had an office in Gold Coast uh, uh, about 10 years ago. That was great. I couldn't get my staff out of there. They, I think they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, beautiful beaches out oh. here. So it's hard Unbelievable. To now, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you had to learn growing mm. up? It's real simple. Discipline my disappointments. Mm, uh, it's probably the, probably the biggest, uh, you know, biggest lesson because, you know, you've got to be excited when things are not working or happening for you. And you have to stay that same level when things are happening for you, meaning you know, when it's not working, you got to be excited. And when it's working and it's, it's out of control, you can't get out of control and take your eye off the ball. So, you know, it's always been one of those things where, you know, as humans, it's hard to do. We're all human and we make mistakes constantly. I mean, I, I failed tremendously trying to make it. But, um, you know, it's the disciplining your disappointment. Yeah, it's it's nothing like it. So discipline your disappointment is the big deal. Whenever something happens to me, I'm going to say, hey, no problem. Um it's exactly what I needed and, and then think about it, write things down and go after it again. So that would probably be my biggest bit of advice as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people ask me, you know, how do I achieve success? And I, I do say the same thing. I say it's really simple. Be disciplined. It's yeah. The, it's the everyday habits. It's the unsexy consistency. Like if you actually look at some of the world's most successful people, 90 90% of their life is actually pretty boring. Like they do the day-to-day -day, like <laughs> consistent actions. They're just sticking to their habits and they're, they're hanging yeah. in there. And that's really what goes on behind the scenes. And um, sorry to break it to you, but uh, yeah, it's self-discipline. <laughs> mm -hmm. It really is. It's um, we, we all think there's some magical thing and it really isn't. I mean, the magic is what you just said is to be disciplined, follow through. Um, you, you know, Anthony Robbins is brilliant by, he says it's, you know, of meters and it can throw you totally off so you got to be willing to find out what those two millimeters are so you so you can make the adjustment and win um so you got to be aware um you can't be naive uh you got to be pay attention to circumstances and environments and obviously as you heard the numbers but you know it is it comes all back to one word that discipline is the hardest thing. I mean, one of the number one things people do in, in January is what? Go to the gym, right? And, and register to become a member. And then 
they go for 10 days and then they keep paying for 12 months and don't go anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. They forget you have to work at it. Yeah, you're going to have to get a little more discipline than that. 10 days isn't going to make it. Jim Rohn says it's better to, to, uh, to read 12 books and eat two donuts than it is to eat 12 donuts and eat and read two books you know <laughs> i love that that's excellent right, <laughs> what what uh what book or audio or event changed the game for you um a couple of them the um the seasons of life obviously you you hear i keep saying jim Rohn all the time uh jim Rohn changed my life um absolutely changed my life uh so the seasons of life is one um the Five Pieces of Life's Puzzle by Jim Rohn, um, Unlim- uh, Unlimited Power, uh, Anthony Robbins, and The Magic of Thinking Big is a huge one, and uh, The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity by Catherine Ponders. Yeah, excellent, excellent. We'll put this in the show notes too, uh, in the article that we put together with this because they're great books. I've read three of them. And yeah, I'm, you know, great advice from all of them. Classic advice as well. I think mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. timeless advice for sure. Yeah. And I'm still generation X. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're in a good spot then. You're vibing with the 18 to 35s and you've got the uh, older, older generation as well that are feeling yeah. where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still young. I don't have any kids. I'm not married. So I, you know, I wanted to do this also because you know, I watched my mom suffer as a single woman trying to put, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I think you guys go off a different metric system, but uh, measurement system, but, um, you know, I'm six foot five, so I'm tall and I'm, I had, you know, big feet and I listened to my mom cry in the other bedroom trying to afford clothes and shoes as I was going through high school. And man, I just didn't want that to be me and my, and my family when it was time to have kids and have a family. I want to make sure my family could you know, not suffer and enjoy life. And um, the struggle my mom went trying to feed us and put clothes on us, you know, she gave us tons of love. But man, it was a struggle not having money for her. <laughs> well, that's great, man. It's great that you're doing it for uh, that very reason. You know, to, mm-hmm. to, to break the link, to not uh, allow it to be that when one day you have kids, if that's your plans, uh, yeah, that, that you're going back through the cycle again. You're actually breaking that chain and going, hey, this generation could be even better. So, no, I love Absolutely. that, man. I love it. That, yeah. That's really important. Yeah, I think a lot of people need to look at what they're doing right now and how that's going to affect the future generations, not just for themselves, but the world as well. So, get in there and make a difference. And um, that's great, man. It starts at home. That's for sure. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Good good advice. Yep. And just putting this out there, man, I, you know, you did mention you're a bachelor. So if there's any uh, single driven, <laughs> entrepreneurial minded uh, women, <laughs> you got a, you got a driven man on the line right now. So <laughs> look him up, man. Anthony Powell. <laughs> hey, man. Wow. Look at this. A millionaire matchmaker. <laughs> Pimp- pimping you out, bro. <laughs> Uh, wow that's funny awesome all right man so apart from jim Rohn and mark hughes is there anybody else that uh gave you amazing advice that uh that helped you along the way yeah and i really you know there's two other people that were really instrumental uh larry thompson um one of the greatest network marketers of all time and he's still alive he now just does consulting work and i mean wow powerful beyond belief this guy probably created more millionaires than I've ever seen. I mean, I've created quite a few seven-figure earners and six-figure earners myself, and I'm, you know, excited about that. But, man, 
this guy, you know, without him, I wouldn't be the dynamic type of person that I am today. He molded me uh, into the actual execution of what Jim Rohn taught me. So it was amazing. And then the last person was a, a gal, a woman named uh, Chris Carley. And she's got a, one of the number one best-selling books on uh, Amazon called um, The Millionaire Within. Mm. And um, she, was a, uh, she worked with me in the company I was in. I watched her go from a factory worker to a multimillionaire. Um, she created a systematic approach that she taught me and allowed me to go to the next level in regards to, you know, building um, uh, lead systems and or prospecting systems. Um, she taught me the ropes. And without her, I wouldn't have gone to that next level. Um, and she kind of blazed that path <clears throat> to teach me uh, that. And she became, I mean, she, I, she moved to one of the biggest mansions in Malibu from Seattle, Washington to Malibu on the ocean. And she bought the Terminator 2 house uh, that was in Terminator 2. So we always said, hey, it's the Terminator 2 mansion. But you know, I got to watch that and I got to be part of it. And I saw what it was like to go to the next level, and I, even though I'd already made millions, I acted like I was broke all over again. I wasn't broke mentally, but as far as being, you know, just get humble, get in her draft, and she allowed me to go to the next level. So, you know, her book is amazing, The Millionaire Within. Excellent. Yeah, we'll have to check that one out too. I love how you said yep. you weren't broke mentally. I think that's an important yeah. thing. I think it's important to really know that you, as a person, are in charge of how big your business grows based off your own personal development. And um, it was important if you lost everything, if everything crumbled mm -hmm. around you, how soon are you able to get the empire back up and get everything rolling well, again, right? You know, there's an old saying, you know, you can take my houses, take my cars, take everything, but there's one thing you can't take is my skill set. Um, I've got that forever. So there's really no fear once you have that. It's something that you just can't have repossessed or taken from you or, or anything. You just, you know, you know what to do. You know what to do to get the job done. And, you know, Jim Rohn taught us over and over again, it's not about you. It's about serving other people, helping other people get what they want. We'll get you what you want. If you go after the money, you're going to go broke. If you go after people, you're going to get rich. So, uh, that's, that's really the thing that makes the biggest difference. I think a lot of people forget that they, you know, they want to make all this money and they talk about, you know, partying and this and that, and Hey, that's just not going to serve you. What serves you is serving people, not enabling people, but serving people. And that's what will bring dumb trucks full of cash to you mm. is being a people servant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that whole saying of you know once you expand your mind and stretch it right out, it just can't go back to that original size. And I believe that. And dude, you couldn't pay me enough to go back to my day job. I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'd fight skin tooth now. I would just make sure there's no there's no way I'm going back to that day job. <laughs> never, never. Yeah, yeah. And also giving money away too. Like if you push it just a little bit more, like a little bit more than you're comfortable with, it actually drives yeah. you to want to build your business even more to have an even better year and it also shows you that you're a person of value that you can give so much so yeah it's, it's awesome man it's awesome to hear that you just stretch yourself all the time that's a that's a great thing you're, you're leading by a great example there what do you think it is that made larry thompson so incredible if there's a, like one thing or two things you could pinpoint mm -hmm. 
that uh, really stood out to you that inspired you and you know that that was his kind of his move? Well, Larry was a carpenter when he first started in the industry, you know, just a banging nails and laying concrete. So he said, you know, his whole life, you know, he was taught to pour concrete, make only $20,000 a year. And someone brought him to a training and taught him how to set little bitty goals and obtain them. And the first goal that he was taught was they said, we want you to pay next month bills with this month's money. And he said, I couldn't even imagine paying next month's bills with this month's money. It didn't, he goes, I barely had enough money for this month's money. For the, I barely had enough money for this month's bills. And he said, once they got me to see and I obtained how to make enough money to pay two months worth of bills, then they got me, they said, we want you to pay six months worth of bills with this month's money. And then he took those little bitty steps and then he said, we want you to pay a whole year's worth of bills with this month's money. And he said, that's what made the biggest difference for me is I got the belief, as you said, down and anchored. And then the, the, the drive was there. And he said, by doing that, um, it got him to become, I mean, this guy made hundreds of millions, you know. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. But, you know, he said that's what got him to, to believe because because who he was me. I, he was I never went to a meeting in my life. He says I, I was a long haired construction worker. I never knew about a business meeting. But then once those forefathers taught him those little bitty steps and how to get over those humps, then that's when he knew if they could do it, he could do it. And then he teaches that. It's called the millionaire training. Uh, he teaches that. Um, you know, and then all the way through how he got his first car and how he had to put a rock behind the tire because he was scared it was going to roll down the street <laughs> and, you know, all the way through. So kind of like Jim Rohn, the real journey of really going through a change of becoming and everyone can relate to realness. Um, and then that's when people go and they go, if they can do it, I can do it. And then that's what Larry did, did very well. He painted that picture of if you can do it, if he could do it, you can do it. You know, mm, that's right. And then once you uh, resonate with that, you unleash the dragon. You're just like, yes, oh, yeah. I can do it. You step into your greatness. You're like, you know, he, he was just like me. I can do this too. Yeah. I love, that's awesome. I love what you just said. Step into your greatness, man. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. For sure. For sure. So how can we get in touch with you? How can we see what you're up to? Are you online? <laughs> Have you got a website or social yeah. media following? Yep. I'm uh, at uh, anthonypowell.com, so that's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-P-O-W-E-L-L.com. I'm on Periscope at AVP. Uh, Facebook, I have a fan page with about 50,000 people. As uh, It's, uh, v, it's uh, Anthony, middle initial V as in uh, violin, Powell. And then also my main Facebook is The Anthony Powell, and of course... Instagram, Twitter, Anthony Powell, number one on both of them. So got a big following, have a lot of fun with a lot of entrepreneurs just like you. We're going to be promoting heavily addicted to success, man. You've got something huge here. I'm going to get everybody I know following you. You're amazing. Ah, you're a legend. Thank you, man. I appreciate you uh, spreading the message and spreading the word. I, I really love it. So thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Now, Anthony, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech, to the world, yeah. that's a big question, to the world, what would that mm -hmm. last 30 seconds sound like? 
if there is one message I would try to leave behind, it would be to live in the present. Don't be going backwards. You know, live your life because it's a gift and you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be wasting anything. You know, we all wake up every single day with the same 24 hours and yet some of us, you know, spend it unwisely, but you need to make sure you get the most out of your day because what you learn and appreciate is uh, you've got to be in the now. So I think the most important thing is live in the present. When we see something valuable, we want it. Crave it. Successful people see time as the as a commodity, and they try to squeeze every single piece of ounce of life out of it. So you know whether you're talking about relationship, business, recreation, whatever you do, passion comes from giving everything you have to the present and to what's happening right now. So you know, Joel, uh, if you want to be happy, live in the now and embrace it with everything you've got. 